Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. You are watching Game Time Decisions. I am Gabriel Brunzi. Get on the grid as I throw it down on this Wednesday edition of uh, the program. It's great to be back and uh, live again. The Ranger Redhead Cam Stewart uh, with us. We're going to talk some pucks in this hour. Of course, Gary Bettman had a uh, little boy that cried wolf. I should say a little midget that cried wolf um, press conference uh, yesterday. <laughs> uh, I should say Gary Bettman. <laughs> Commissioner Bachman. Um, it's actually a great movie, Good Cop, Bad Cop, in which uh, there's a parody of uh, Gary Batman, but his name is Bachman, and a uh, diehard, angry Quebec Nordique fan actually uh, kidnaps him because he moved the team to Colorado and puts him in a trunk and stuff, and little, little Gary Bachman, uh Commissioner Bachman. But uh, so Gary stepped up in it, and... Um, uh, for the record, uh, Gary Gary looked good. I don't know. Gary seemed, I don't know if he got some hair or something like that. Gary almost had like a waving flow of hair. But uh, nevertheless, <laughs> we've got playoff series. We've got uh, playoff matchup set uh, for the National Hockey League. Uh, we'll get uh, Pete Blackburn's uh, take on this, and we'll run through the series prices across the board. And to be honest with you, we set what we thought the series prices were going to be um, last week, you know, the, the, the playoff format was kind of leaked, and it's not really a surprise. And that's why I said a couple of moments ago, if you're just joining us, the NBA putting um, the NBA puts feelers out. These leagues put feelers out, right? They want to see what the public reaction is online. All right, do people like the one through sixteen? All right, hey, look at that, they like it, right? Do people like the group stage? So now, when they talk on a conference call tomorrow, they'll say, you know what, Cuban. Your idea with 30 teams, the tournament, it only pulled at 7%. They care about that stuff, Cam, right? So they put they put feelers out uh, for this stuff. So, um, you know, we 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 talked about the uh, the playoff format for, for the National Hockey League, and it gets to 24 teams, and then suddenly, boom, the next day, suddenly there's rumors about the NBA and, uh, and 24 teams and their playoffs right now. But we'll get into the nuts and bolts of the series prices, we we'll continue this NBA conversation, and you know, Cam, we didn't really get into Major League Baseball um, yet, and um, the the term and the words that Major League Baseball players are using, disappointing, very disappointing, as the owners are, they really are trying to railroad the players, and listen, you have to be a brain-dead moron not to see it, but the fact of the matter is, there's a lot of brain-dead morons in this world nowadays, there's all oh, people are out of work, I work for 15 bucks an hour. And all this type of stuff. Nobody cares, all right? You're not Mike Trout. Uh, you're not Bryce Harper. You're not Clayton Kershaw. That's why you work for $15 an hour. Deal with it, all right? They don't have to do it. But the owners are insane. And to me, I'd like the same people that say, oh, the players should shut up and play. I'd like you to go to work tomorrow for 23%, to 23 cents on the dollar. And if you don't like it, well, shut up and go do it. Pretty simple, right? 
Yeah, and a lot of these owners, too, uh, we talked about this before, Gabe. When you open up the books, there's a lot of lies in the books. And, uh, yeah, you can't ask the players to take that kind of shave. I don't mind a little bit of a shave, and they were pretty fair. You know, when we were talking about 50, 50%, it's like, okay, you know what, we can deal with that. You're a player in the league making a, a million dollars to make uh, $200,000. That's a little bit insane. And these players, I think they want to play, and it's surprising. There has to be a give and take. All these other leagues, we've come up with ideas. There's been proposals. There's been new proposals. With baseball, it's just kind, kind of like, okay, I'm not even sure uh, if the owners even want these guys to play Morency. And as we talked about before, it's not the player's fault. They have multiple uh, interests, multiple companies. If you put your beak in uh, many different pies, what's going to happen, right? So that's what I'm talking about right now. And uh, right now, if you ask a player to play for that kind of money, I think it's ridiculous to ask them to do so. And then we think about this. Say there's an injury while they play. The future, if you're a young guy in the league. And also, if you're a player and you take a shave right now, the owners are going to expect you to do it down the line. Say, hey, remember that time during COVID-19 when you know you accepted that? You're going to be screwed in a future negotiation. So I'm totally on the player's side. Uh, we got to welcome everybody listening on uh, radio uh, right now. Shout out to all of our affiliates. I'm Gabriel Moretti. We're throwing it down uh, with the raging redhead, uh, Cam Stewart. So uh, we've, we've got NHL series prices that we're going to get into here. In, in a couple of moments' time, Mick Aussie's going to step up in it a little bit uh, later on. Uh, Major League Baseball, we're just discussing Major League Baseball and the owners and a proposal. And listen, it's easy. It's low-hanging fruit. I understand, guys. And, you know, you can say, well, I go to work. I do this. I do that. You're not part of a union like Major League Baseball is. You don't have a skill set like a Major League Baseball player does. You don't like going to work. When people talk about... Well, I have to go to work. And what about the people that are bagging groceries? The people that are bagging groceries are the ones dying. They don't like doing it. And the whole point of being rich is so you don't have to do things you don't want to do. I know a lot of poor people have a hard time understanding that. All right. That's the whole point of having tens of millions of dollars. That's the whole point of working uh, your entire life hard 16 hours a day. So you don't have to do things. Because other people online that you never met before want you uh, to do these things. And it's, you know, it's basically, you know, conquer, you know, divide and conquer uh, is the Major League Baseball owner's strategy here in which they're telling players, if you make a million dollars or less, you'll get half your money. But if you're making $35 million, you're only going to get $7.8 million. If you make $30 million, you'll get 6.9. If you get 25 million, you're going to get 6 mil. You know, used to $20 million, you're only going to get 5 mil. It's literally 25%. 25%. And then they're going to get taxed on top of that. Why don't they just play for free because a bunch of fat-ass bozos are sitting on the couch and are bored. Get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Game time to sit and continues. I am Gabriel Lorenzi. Get on the grid. I'm on the grid, and so is the Raging Redhead, Cam Stewart. Still have a ton of stuff uh, to get to. 
Uh, Pete Blackburn is going to step up and in. CBS Sports, Mick Ossie will join us. The return of the AFL. And that's not all that far off, actually. We're talking about the NHL uh, coming back in the NBA. Listen, the NHL is still months away. And they even took the first couple of baby steps. So we'll see what happens uh, with the NBA. I tell you, all these leagues, all these leagues, they all prematurely step up and in. And they all hold press conferences or they throw these dates out there. And they never really have anything to back it up with. And the NHL did it. And like Dubnik said, one of the player reps, he said, yeah, we agreed on a playoff format. They agreed on a playoff. They never agreed to move to a city. They never agreed to the testing. And now we get word that the NBA players, this is is too much. (laughs) The NBA players, I understand, but it's not that bad. They don't like the swab. They don't want to get the Q-tip jammed up their nose. They feel as if though it's too painful and uh, intrusive to do pretty much on a daily basis. Yeah, I saw Cuomo do it. Cuomo's doing it in public the other yeah. day. And at some point, guys, like what? You're going to have to suck it up and shut up. I've defended the athletes and the, and, and the unions throughout all this. But now when you start crying, well, I don't like the swab test. Hey, listen, guys. You want to be tested? You don't want to be tested? You want to live in quarantine? You don't want to live in quarantine? What the hell do you guys want? Figure it out. No, I'm with you. And, you know, you're going to come back and play. you got to get the test, and you got to be tougher than that. And you bring up a really good point, uh, not just today about Devin Dubnik, Gabe, but they all talked about it, too. And uh, they come up with these formats. And Nick Felino of the Columbus Blue Jackets said, are you kidding me? He goes, we have a fight on our hands. You want me to stay away from my young family? Think about players that just had a baby. This could be NBA, NHL, whatever you want to talk about. Sure, these ideas are fine and dandy, and we need a plan. But he basically said, quote, unquote, we have a fight on our hands because I don't I don't really accept this right now, and I don't want to be away from my young family for a long period of time. And he basically said in the story, many people feel this way. So it's good that you have a plan. It's good that you come up with the teams. But a lot of these players are not in full throttle. And you said it, Dubnik, Felino. I think a lot of people think that way. And in the end, he'd be the same way. And I agree with the swab, buddy. Just get the damn test done. You're going to have to suck it up and be a man. And um, I like what uh, – so somebody tweets me. And uh, says the survival rate, James Michael says, the survival rate is better than 99% uh, uh, for coronavirus. Doesn't know what everyone's problem is. Uh, yeah, I don't, it's like, uh, like, I don't know where you're getting 99%. Percent. That's a, that sounds like some fake, you know, false news. False news. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, pretty, that's pretty rosy. It's pretty, pretty rosy yeah. uh, right there. Nine, 99%. But, you know, like I said, people turn on these athletes immediately all the time. Oh, shut up and play, and whatever. You don't care about them. You don't care about their 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 career. You don't care about their families. You don't care when they're broke in 10 years and they gave up their money. Um, so you, because oh, I, I, I want to see you play. So will you help them? So are you going to help these players? So how about that, actually, everybody? Let's put, put your money where your mouth is at, everybody. How about we all pool in? and make up the money that they're losing to play. Since it's just money, right? Like, you want to do it. But no, so you want people, the average person, oh, God, no, I'm not going to pay. And you're not going to pay anything. It's like the losers that watch the UFC for free on these streams and then complain about the card being bad. Or then they complain, <laughs> they're not even paying. They're not even paying. And another it's a good point. People that bitch about, like, UFC fighter salaries that don't pay. Why, Dana should pay them more, as you watch for free, right? 
Like, you know, sports fans are like, we already knew that so many sports fans were just jerks. And you, you don't care. You're racist. You say this. You say that. You hang out. Of, you, know, you, want, you want autographs and pictures with athletes. But if they don't do it, then they're losers. Then you rip them. You know, and, and then you expect them to bend over backwards. And you get upset when they leave a city. They move to a new team. Or you want them now to play in the middle of a pandemic because you want them to. Right. And think about this, too, Cam. Think about the baseball owners. Think about these guys. I'll tell you about the baseball owners. All right. Uh, all right. Let's start off with the Toronto Blue Jays owners. Rogers Corporation. Rogers Corporation is literally like the seventh biggest com- company in the world. Like they're they're one of the, the, the biggest telecommunication companies in the world. They literally have like five or six billion dollars in assets. They are a legitimate powerhouse company. All right. Uh, Carl Pohat, who owns the Minnesota Twins, one of the richest men in America. Um, Turns out the Boston Red Sox got a a uh, paycheck uh, loan so they can uh, pay their employees. They're worth about $4 billion, right? Uh, The the L.A. Lakers got a grant. Lakers are worth about $5 billion. Yet the players are the big scumbags, guys, right? Like, I don't understand how people just accept this. Like, what about, like, the, the owners? So, like, oh, the Oakland Athletics are going to lose $10 million this year? Oh, God forbid. The guy that owns the Oakland A's has, like, $5 billion. He's a hedge fund guy, right? So, you know, God forbid they lose any money. No, no, the players should play. I can't even believe that, like, they even had the gall to propose that players play for 23 cents on the dollar cap. Like, honestly, I don't care. Like, you know, I don't care what industry you're in. Like, if you... If if you agree with the owners, then, then you know, I, I don't know how to help you or what to tell you. And, you know, then you deserve to get ripped off in your own life if you actually want players to play for 23 cents on the dollar, in my opinion. No, it's ludicrous. And I'll tell you another thing, too. It's not just this. We have to think about... Think about the players in the future and the precedent it, set, it stands. If these guys give in and they decide to do this stuff, they're going to be punching bags for the, rest of, for the rest of time. What about that next contract? What are you going to do then? When you're in that situation and somebody takes advantage and walks all over you, the owners say, see, these guys are actually going to do this. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry, Marenzi. They're not going to listen to bow down to public pressure, and they'd be foolish. You saw it. Stroman, Anderson, all these guys. Those are, the, those are only three mouthpieces that came out, and I agree with these guys. Anderson said it best. If we actually play what are they going to do when that player comes up for another contract? Oh, you took a bath for the yeah, hey, during COVID nineteen. It's okay, you played. It's a bad, bad. It's bad. And I'll tell you one thing: you do not want to be in that situation as a player because they'll use it against you again. And uh, I can't believe how far baseball is away. I know the other leagues are they're inching closer. We're still not there yet, buddy. But I'll tell you, man, it's unbelievable the depth, how far the abyss between players and ownership in Major League Baseball. No, it's a great point uh, that you raise and. That's what happens, and it's exactly what the owners are trying to do. They're trying to lower the bar for everybody. And what do you think, guys? So you think right now, so these players take 23 cents on the dollar, and you think, like, next year when they come out of this, that suddenly everything's going to be okay again? You don't think owners going to cry again? Well, you know, we lost so much money last year. Now we can't pay you this in free agency. Everyone's going to get screwed. Everyone knows. Like, the, the baseball owners are the worst. They're like, at least the other leagues are obligated by law. Like, there's no choice. They have to show the books. Baseball is a private business. Like, yeah, really. Like, and anybody going to believe Derek Jeter? 
Derek Jeter, like their head office is in the Virgin Islands. Like, they don't even <laughs> have boxes. an office. They're a PO box. Like they're trustworthy, Ken, right? Yeah, don't worry. Like if you got a complaint, send it to the PO box in the Virgin Islands that Marlins man had to go find. That's right. right. Hey, come on, man. Marlin man like Marlin, Marlin, I trust I trust Marlins man, and he's a lawyer. I trust him more than any of these baseball owners. Come on. Yeah. You're, you're all scumbags, 23%. Like I said, we're talking NASCAR tonight. Not the camp. They're not racing for 23% of the purse tonight. And I guarantee you. No, no, they're not. And I know NASCAR drivers are big patriots, Cam. I guarantee you, Kyle Busch ain't running and racing for 23 cents on the dollar. It's not happening. No, I don't care what kind of patriot you are. And interesting NASCAR story, too, Gabe. Uh, Stuart Haas racing using drones to help out people, too, with deliveries and stuff like that. Another story. But, yeah, you, I'll tell you this. They will not do that. You will not take a shave like that. And, uh, yeah, I don't understand. Major, and Major League, Major League Baseball, these owners, uh, in the pandemic, they're still making money. They're sort of, oh, I'm doing okay. I'm making tons of money. And now you're and now you're this tight? This is unbelievable stuff. It's unprecedented. And I'll tell you, Marenzi, baseball season, as we predicted among the sports, we said that was the one that probably wouldn't happen. It still can, but they're the big underdog right now. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's what I was saying about uh, Major League Baseball there, buddy, right now. It's, it's unbelievable. And these players... They don't deserve this. It's not my fault if an ownership guy has five other businesses and they're failing. I'm Cam Stewart, Gabe Morenzi. We're going to be back after a short break. Keep it here on The Grid. Hey, guys, Cam Stewart here with your Sports Grid News update. If you want that edge cappers, you got to get on the grid. Up next on the betting board, let's take a look at NASCAR tonight. The Elsco Uniforms 500 from Charlotte Motor Speedway. William Byron, he is the pole sitter right now. Martin Truex Jr., the betting favorite right now, sitting at 5-1. to one. Kyle Busch and Chase Elliott also plus 550 and 6-1. to one. Brad Keselowski won the last race there. The NBA and NBA PA making progress on a plan to allow a limited number of family members to join players inside that Orlando bubble if that would presumably be the rest and host a city for the 2019-20 season. The family members would be subject to the same health and safety requirements as all NBA personnel, including testing protocols for COVID-19. This, according to ESPN, Commish Adam Silver will address the league's Board of Governors in a Friday call to discuss the league's multiple ideas in the return-to-play concepts. Tom Thibodeau, the leading candidate, become the head coach of the New York Knicks. The Knicks will begin the uh, coaching search soon, and a final decision is expected within the next few weeks. Former Nets coach Kenny Atkinson also will likely to receive an interview. With the NBA assessing different formats to resume this season, Dallas Mavs owner Mark Cuban put in his two cents today. Cuban suggesting a total of 20 franchises, 10 from each conference. That would make the postseason and be reseeded across the league by their overall record. Then the bottom forward battle it out. Winners facing the 15 and 16 seeds in a shorter series. Following that, playoffs would return to the traditional seven-game format. The Nevada State Athletic Commission giving the UFC permission today to host its next two cards at the promotional Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. Good news for boxing as well. Top-ranked boxing also approved the two uh, fights for Vegas in June. Some MLB stars not impressed with the latest economic proposal, following a report that claimed pay cuts would come in tears, with the league's top paid stars taking the biggest financial hit. A number of teams took to social media to blast the proposal. Mets uh, a pitcher, Marcus Stroman, Indians pitcher, Mike Clevenger, uh, Brewers lefty, Brett Anderson, they publicly came out and ripped the owner's plan. Anderson says the league would be putting its most marketable players in a very bad spot financially, and would also uh, come back and bite them harder in the future. I tend to agree. The U 
union plays uh, plans to submit the league's proposal to players before deciding whether or not to even continue negotiations. Not good news for baseball. NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly says the league keen on having one of the hub cities being a Canadian city for their plan. The problem is Daly says it might not be possible due to the government's 14-day self-isolation order for all people entering the country. It's a big hurdle. Also today, Columbus forward Nick Foligno says there's a huge problem going forward with players if they can't see their families when the NHL plan takes shape. Detroit Red Wings general manager Steve Eiserman says coach Jeff Blashill will remain coach of the struggling club. Eiserman said he's done a good job under the circumstances with the team rebuild. In golf, Phil Mickelson has huge ideas for the future. He wants some big name stars for the next match. 49-year-old hopes Michael Jordan, Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs, and Steph Curry, a great golfer by his own right, as potential candidates for future events that would also feature Tiger Woods after success at the match for charity. I'm Cam Stewart, and that's your sports update. Now back to host Gabriel Morenci on Game Time Decisions on Sports Grid. Get on the grid. Hey, Gabe, everybody, welcome. I am Gabriel Morenci. We're throwing it down here with the raging redhead, uh, Cam Stewart. A little bit of chaos uh, here, but uh, we're doing our best. We'll have Pete Blackburn stepping up and in uh, in a moment uh, here. Let us know uh, when he's uh, ready to go. Um, I want to get in. We keep promising about talking about these NHL playoff uh, series uh, yep. prices. So uh, we'll get in uh, here. The New York Rangers and the Carolina Hurricanes uh, throwing down real evenly matched uh, series. We talked about it. It looks like we got Pete, Pete's ready to rock and roll. What's going on, Pete? Thanks for joining us. How you doing? So uh, we'll get uh, Pete's audio uh, lined up uh, here. So, Cam, the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, minus 136. New York Rangers, plus 112. Is that enough to entice you? Uh, not enough to entice me, Gabe. I really like the Rangers. I like what they've done. Good, hardworking young team that's only going to get better. It's going to be interesting with the three-goalie set that they have, too, stockpiling picks for the future. But I will say this. Carolina needed the break. Many defensemen out. Dougie Hamilton comes back. What about Mrazek and uh, Reimer? Remember, both of those goaltenders were injured. Zamboni Gate, we talked about that before, bringing in the Marlies goaltender. I like Carolina as a, po- uh, a favorite in this series, Gabe. I think it's going to be a good one. I really like what the Rangers have done, but the Canes are my dark horse, so I will take a shot with Carolina, buddy. Should be a great series. Yeah, like I said, the only the only way I do take Carolina is if they do bring in a Zamboni driver once again. <laughs> All right, do we have Pete? Is Pete ready to rock? What's going on, Pete? How you doing? You hear me now? We've got you, we got Pete. You. How you doing, Pete? I'm good. Thanks for having me. So uh, Carolina and New York is it's just one of the series that we were talking about. What's the um, out of the proposed uh, the playoff format uh, here? What's the uh, the series that stands out the most to you from an entertainment standpoint? You're like, you know what? This is a pretty cool series. I think the one that you just mentioned, I mean, uh, Carolina and New York, uh, obviously the Rangers had a ton of momentum in the second half of the year, and uh, they were kind of bit by that stoppage. And uh, I was interested to see if they could sneak in. So to see them go up against a Carolina team that I think is really good and has some really nice pieces. And obviously they're going to have Dougie Hamilton coming back. He was a Norris candidate uh, before he got hurt. So uh, I think that's a really good series. It has the, uh, the, the opportunity to be kind of like a high event explosive series. And uh, I think both those teams have a good shot. Yeah. The Rangers an interesting team. They, they showed a lot of hard playing themselves into the playoff uh, picture. Then they sort of hit a wall right before the shutdown. 
they hit a wall. They probably weren't going to make it. I think they, they were starting to fade. And, you know, this could be an opportunity uh, for them. You know, in, in a similar situation here, Pete, and I'll throw it to you after, Kev, New, York, New York's other team, the New York Islanders were big, big time um, overachievers a year ago. Then this year, they started off the season, and they, they looked pretty good, but eventually they hit the wall. I don't know if Barry Trotz's message started to wear thin a little bit, Pete. They didn't have goal scoring. Defensively, they were getting exposed uh, a little bit. So maybe the long layoff helps the Islanders, but, you know, the Panthers can skate. The Panthers are going to be a fresh team, and Panthers are a better team than people give them credit for as well. Yeah, the Panthers have a lot of offensive talent, and uh, you know they're a team to look out for. They're just very inconsistent through the first uh, seventy or so games of the year, uh, and it was frustrating because they, that division or you know that that third spot in the division was there for the taking, and they they couldn't seem to seize it. Uh, in you know the Islanders, they faded, they faded really hard. Uh, towards the end there. And uh, I, I do look at it as a situation where this this layoff could help the Islanders. And, you know, when you look at the matchup here, I think it could be a similar situation to what the Islanders had last year in the first round uh, with the Penguins. I mean, the Penguins were a team uh, that relied on their front six and they were exposed. They were able to be exposed on the back end. They played some pretty weak defense. They didn't get great goaltending. So when I look at Florida, they have some of those same issues. They have a lot of talent up front, but their defense has been pretty questionable uh, in front of Sergei Bobrovsky, who hasn't nearly been good enough this year. So, you know, when you talk about uh, New York's goal scoring issues, maybe they might be score, be able to score enough and then use that defense and that blue line to be able to shut down uh, Florida's attack. And you look at, you know, they're another team. Uh, the Islanders are another team where their blue line will be helped by this shutdown because they're able to get healthy and be at full strength when they come back. And it's able to put like a, a stop on, on the, the slide that they had going into the pause. Okay. I agree. Uh, and I got to tell you, Pete, the Florida Panthers to me are one of the biggest enigmas every single year. We're talking, you know, and you know, hockey, it's like, Oh, Florida, they look good this year. Oh, Florida. Look at the talent. They got Oh, Barkoff. They're so good. Uh, Huberdo. And then the same thing. It's like, wah, wah, disappointment all the time with the Panthers. They just seem to let people down all the time. And to Gabe's point and to your point, I got to believe that the Islanders with this layoff and the way they've been playing with Barry Trotz, who's one of the best coaches in the league, I'm going to say the layoff would probably help a team like the Islanders the most. Heard a team like Philadelphia that was on a heater. You're taking the situation. Like, what team do you think with the with the outbreak? Would you say the Islanders or what team do you? Carolina, another team that injuries. What team is hurt by the break? And what team do you think uh, benefits from the break the most? Columbus is a team that I look at because they were so depleted and and uh, they had so many injuries and key injuries in that lineup. I don't necessarily think that they're a great team to begin with, um, but you know they stood no chance based off of what was happening to that team and and that lineup and how depleted it was towards the end of the year. Uh, and now they're going to get Seth Jones back. They're going to get some key forwards back. So uh, you know the the break certainly helps them. Uh, again, the Islanders I would look at it because of the way that they were sliding and and sort of being able to reset here. Uh, they're a good team. They got good coaching. So I think that this could help them. And then you look at, you know, I, I agree with you that Philly is a team that I would look at. The Rangers are another team that I would look at just because of how hot they were. I know the Rangers had their struggles uh, and they came back down to earth a little bit, but I look at them as being a team that, uh, that might be hurt because they had that momentum and now it's sort of gone. What? So as far as the format, I've been critical of the NHL in the past. A lot of people and we're old school NHL guys, but 
a lot of people talked about all right the, the the shootout and everybody gets a point and all this type of stuff. I like their their proposal that they put together actually. I don't even mind the, the round robin, give those teams an opportunity to play a couple of games and they can take it as seriously as they want for, for the seeding. Although we might get into a spot here, Pete, where teams can roll over and say, you know what, we prefer not to actually be in this seed. We would play that team instead. As far as the proposal, at least of what we know with the playoff format, what, is there anything you don't like about it? What did you like about it? What don't you like about it the most, the proposal that they've thrown out here so far? I like that it it opens up the field a little bit. You know, I like that a team like the Rangers can still get in, even though, you know, obviously they wouldn't have had it shut down just based off of their momentum and what they did in the second half. I like that those teams don't have to feel screwed by a, by a shortened season, but I do think that it was opened up just a little bit too much. I mean, you look at Montreal, I don't think that they have any business being in a playoff picture here. Uh, 19 wins in regulation and 71 games during the regular season. It's not nearly good enough to get into a playoff. Uh, if you ask me, especially when you look at the fact that it's a five game series after a two month, three month, four month layoff, whatever it may be, there's a lot of unpredictability and just randomness that might go into these five game series. So to see a team like, like Montreal or like Chicago, be able to knock off a team, you know, even if they deserve the, the, the advance based off of three wins in a five game series. I just think that they shouldn't be there. They shouldn't be in that position. And I, I've seen it proposed uh, uh, at a, in a few places, but I would look at a team like like Chicago or like Montreal, and I would say, you know, maybe they have to win four out of the five games. I know that's a weird, weird proposal uh, where, <laughs> wow. you know, the, uh, the Penguins might need to win two games out of the five and, and then the series is over. But I think that that would more accurately reflect the percentage that they face in terms of actually getting into the playoff picture. And I don't necessarily hate that idea. You know, although they could have just went sort of with the 16 and then said, all right, you mm -hmm. other losers sort of play a play in. Right, because you're right. It wouldn't have been fair. I mean, they had the other format. Remember who the top six teams would make it? And the Buffalo Sabres were in, uh, in that That's format. Nuts. You know, they could have went one through 16, which could have been fair. Sort of like what the NBA is kicking the tires on uh, right now. now. Now, as far as the hub cities are concerned, nobody really knows. They're throwing out a bunch of cities out there. But how critical is it, do you think, not to give somebody a home ice advantage? Uh, per se, right? Like to have it in a city where their teams aren't playing, i.e. Los Angeles, right? Like, or is it that much of an advantage? And I think that it is. I think players would rather, if you'd rather be quarantined and going home at the end of the night than, you know, living in Mandalay Bay uh, for six weeks and seven weeks, et cetera, if it's Vegas or whatever one of these hub cities are. But what do you think about that? Do you think it'll matter to the NHL that, that, that a team will be playing on their home ice or they look to avoid that? Yeah, I think anywhere that you can avoid giving a team a competitive advantage, uh, the NHL, I think, is going to look to do that. Um, you know, you might say that it's very minuscule uh, to have an advantage being in, in your home city when there are no fans in the building. But I still think there exists an advantage when you are able to play a game and then go sleep in your own bed and be with your family and, and, and uh, you know, your time off and things like that. So for those teams that are in their home cities, playing in their own cities, I think there is an advantage there. Even if there are no fans in the building, you know, they, they're aware of the area. They're aware of the, the facilities. They're aware of the ice. They're aware of those bounces. 
there's yeah. at least a slight advantage. So, uh, you know, I think that, you know, if they don't kick them out of those cities completely, there's going to have to be measures to sort of mitigate that advantage, whether it's making those teams stay in the same uh, same housing and same sort of residencies as these other teams and in place restrictions on, on what they can do in their free time. And if they can see their families and things like that, I know that it's probably not fair to those people to say, hey, you can't see your family, but it does provide an advantage in terms of comfort and in terms of the yeah. mentality that they're able to bring into these games. That's it. It's a, it's a very good uh, effort of uh, home TV. Check them out over at CBS Sports. Thanks for the time, Pete. Gabe Anderson continues. Thank you. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Game time to send the continues. Get on the grid. I'm on the grid, and so is the Raging Redhead, Cam Stewart. I am Gabriel Moretz. Thanks to Pete Blackburn for joining us from CBS uh, Sports. Great stuff. Talking pucks. We're talking about the series prices. Let's just uh, blast through them before Mick Aussie steps up in it and uh, joins us. I wanted to get to something else, actually, uh, with Pete, because I saw him tweeting about it, but I'll get to that uh, in a second. So we talked about the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, minus 136. Um, uh, against the New York Rangers, plus 112. New York Islanders, minus 120. I'll tell you right now, I think the Carolina Hurricanes will beat the Rangers. Yep, I agree. Um, New York Islanders, Florida Panthers. I'll take the Florida Panthers, minus 102. The The cat's out of the bag. I'll take the Islanders short price with Barry Trotz. It'll be a good series. No, the only reason I take the Islanders game, it's goaltending. Um, Florida's defense and back end, it, it's been a deplorable all year. I'll tell you one thing, those games, we might want to be betting some overs in those games. Those games look like unders, but Florida, th- for them to beat the Islanders, they're going to have to open it up. We might have like five, four, six, five type hockey games there because Florida can score on anybody and, uh, we'll see what happens. But, uh, I like the Isles, uh, with the short price. I like to be Carl Contrarian and say, I'll take the Columbus Blue Jackets at plus 136, but I think the Leafs can beat the Blue Jackets. I don't know about beating the Boston Bruins, but I think they could beat um, the uh, the Blue Jackets. The Leafs are minus 166 uh, over at uh, FanDuel. The Edmonton Oilers, minus 164 favorites over the Chicago Blackhawks. The Blackhawks, plus 134. Give me the Edmonton Oilers to beat the Blackhawks. You agree with that? I totally do, Gabe. It's time for McDavid and Dreisaitl to take care of business. Uh, it's actually not even that bad of a price. Edmonton, sh- they should be able to get it done. Yeah, I'm with you. Nashville and Arizona. I'd be like to get a little bit more with Arizona. Arizona's plus 110. Nashville's minus 134. The Vancouver Canucks are minus 136. The Minnesota Wild are plus 112. The uh, Montreal Canadiens and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Penguins, minus 205. Montreal Canadiens, plus 166. Winnipeg Jets and the Calgary Flames. Uh, Flames are slight favorites. I actually think the Jets will beat the uh, the Flames. Uh, Montreal and Pittsburgh, tough, tough series uh, right there uh, to lay. Tough to lay, minus 205, although Pittsburgh's probably going to win there. 
You got Minnesota and Vancouver. Vancouver minus 136. I do think the Canucks would win there. We'll get back to the pucks. Do we have this Mick Aussie ready to go? What's going on, Mick? Yeah, doing good, mate. And uh, I'll take the Oilers as well. And Edmonton should be a hub city because we've got hardly any cases of COVID-19. And by then, I reckon we'll have some fans in the crowd in the magnificent new arena. No, no, no. No fans. Looking good, Mick. Looking good, I got to say. Yeah, looking real good. Uh, Strong. No, 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 no. Listen, I don't have a problem with Edmonton as a hub city. No fans. Like, you know, we don't want you there. You can't go, Mick. You know, no, no fans. <laughs> Listen, we're doing way better here than probably anywhere in Canada now. We've only got a few few cases in the whole city of Edmonton. So by the time the NHL do get going, which if they get going, we might have it totally under control and the fans can sit there and they can go and feed the chooks over the Oilers because they love them here, mate. They love them, as you know. All right, uh, Mick. So listen... I wanted to get to this with Pete uh, Pete Blackburn because he tweeted this out. Hank Azaria, who uh, you know is part of Spinal Tap, and of course the voice of uh, many characters on The Simpsons. It's funny because I tweeted this out last week. I was thinking about it, and uh, he said the first concert that he went to. He asked people, "What's your first concert? What venue? What year? What venue? What tour?" Uh, Etc. And for the record, Hank Azaria's first show was Madison Square Garden. Jethro Tull. Wow. On a park bench. Park bench. Down. Down his nose. Down his nose. Uh, 1976, Madison Square Garden, Jethro Tull was Hank Azaria's uh, first show. Now, Pete from CBS, we didn't get to it, but I saw him tweeting. He said one of the only cool things about me is his first show that he ever saw was Pearl Jam. Uh, wow. before. So, obviously, more recent than Jethro Tull in 76. We'll get to Cam in a second. Uh, Mick, do you remember your first concert? I know it's probably about 62 years ago, uh, but uh, you're Australian. Did you see ACDC in a bar or something like that, Mick? Um, no, Olivia Newton-John? No, Olivia Newton-John, maybe? What's your first concert, Mick? Oh, you'll love this one. In uh, 1967, 1980, so I was about, well, I can't tell my age. I went and saw In Excess in a Thebby theatre of about 3,000 people before they got famous. And then my mate rammed in my car on the way home. So In Excess were fantastic. And as you know, the lead singer hung himself in Sydney. But they were fantastic. My favourite band, In Excess. Yeah, I've seen In Excess live before. Devil inside. Devil. Very, very good. Yeah. Good, good, uh, good, good band. Yeah, strange. Yeah, I'm almost yeah, yeah, yeah. That was kind of interesting, Gabe. Uh, I don't even want to tell you, like, my first concert. It's kind of, it's kind of embarrassing, but my brother's 10 years older than me. But uh, So we went to, uh, you know, Kingswood Music Theater there at the Wonderland, and I saw uh, Simple Minds and uh, Psychedelic Furs, two uh, premier bands of the 80s. I was nine years old, so I was a pretty young guy. I'm not going to say my first show was, like, Pearl Jam or, you know, something very, very impressive. But they put on a good show. I was a kid. I was just happy to be there. Not really uh, legendary uh, bands or anything like that. The first band, uh, the first concert I saw, you know, I, I, at first I, I was like, man, was it this or that? But I had to look up the date just to clarify which came first. And uh, it was Kiss. I Ooh. saw Kiss in 19, 1979, the Dynasty Tour. 
Um, they came up through the floor, actually. They came up through the ground. Uh, the <laughs> Dynasty. Yeah, the, di- you know, the Dynasty Tour. And I was supposed to see them a year before, actually, but it was sold out. I remember I was upset. My mother couldn't get tickets. And uh, so, yeah, nine years old, I saw Kiss. Unlike Mick, I'll say, yeah, yeah, yeah not nine years old. Mick thinks he's <laughs> running for office still, right? Like, uh, can't, can't, share, can't, can't, share his, uh, can't share his age. All right, Mick, so AFL football is coming back once again. So here we are. They already tried this. They started. They stopped after after one one game, one one round of games. Now they're back again. They're coming back. Yet this time it's for real, Mick. Uh, what's your take? Yes, Thursday night, June the eleventh. So we're gonna have a six week plus head start on the NBA and the NHL, and it's a ripper to start it. Thursday night is the Collingwood Magpies. Versus the reigning premiers, the Richmond Tigers. The Tigers are currently seven and a half point spread. Well, it's an early one, but I would take the Tigers to win and maybe the Magpies to cover that because you don't know. They're going to go into hubs. The Crows and the Power and the Eagles and the Dockers, they're flying up to Queensland because of the state quarantine rules. But all go. Thursday week, mate. Can't wait. Round two. Should be a ripper of a game to start it off. Yeah, just for the record, for people wondering, because um, a lot of people, to, to, to a lot of people, a ripper is a stripper. Uh, yes, right, correct. but uh, uh, yeah, a ripper. <laughs> Cam's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, um, a ripper in Australia means a great game. Great game, great ripper. Can to be yeah. a ripper. I like a ripper. Sounds smooth. Yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah. Rippers, strippers, rippers, great games. I got to ask you, Mick, and Gabe, I know Gabe's West Coast Eagles. Give me one team, one future that I could bet on, Mick. You know me, that I could throw down some money and enjoy the season, hopefully cash in. What do you think? Well, the top teams will be, again, probably similar, but as we know, it could be different. All these people coming out of uh, staying home and some boys getting in trouble. I think the GWS, they might go all the way. They came runners-up last year. I always like the Eagles as well. The Bombers are on the up, but they probably might get top eight, top four. Magpies will be good, but yeah, the Richmond Tigers have won two of the last three. They have amazing depth, so Tigers are probably favourite to win it all. But take the GWS, they might challenge again this year. Richmond are plus 350. Richmond are plus 350 to win it all. Uh, The West Coast Eagles, plus 500. Uh, Collingwood, Magpies, uh, plus 500. Great Western Sydney, 6-1. to Western Bulldogs fourteen to one, Brisbane Lions fourteen to one, the Hawthorne Hawks sixteen uh, to one. You know what, Mick? Um, wow, what's up with your Adelaide Crows, Mick? You guys are like the Cleveland Browns of like the AFL. Like you're right at the bottom. Like man, you guys used to be mighty. The Adelaide Crows. I'm like keep scrolling, keep scrolling. You're eighty to one to win the the, the, the grand final. Eighty to one, Mick. Yes, since that disaster a few years ago when we were favourite to win the grand final, we have been terrible and it's the first rebuild ever in the history of the Crows. They got a new coach, they got rid of some players, so yes, we are definitely in the rebuild. But week one, we, they, we play the power paps in Adelaide, so don't write them off there. Power paps are favourite. 
But yeah, Crows will be probably missing the eight in rebuild, mate. Definitely rebuild season, which has been long overdue, actually, because the old-time fellas have been disappointing after that grand final loss. Hey, listen, we've said this before. We're going to say it again. AFL football, guys, it's not just a league that, oh, yeah, you're going to bet on in a bit. I'm telling you, you're going to want to watch this stuff. It's on at a great time of the night, too, the day. comes on at, like, midnight, 1230. It's not too late, actually. You get a game at, like, 1145, midnight or so, uh, Eastern time. There'll be another one at about 2 in the morning. And if you're a real degenerate, you're on the West Coast, there's a bunch of, like, 5, 6 in the morning uh, type of stuff. But it's not just, like, a league, oh, I'm desperate to bet on something. Like, let's be real. Everyone's betting on Korean baseball, but it's kind of boring, and you're just betting on it because it's there. This AFL stuff, the games fly by. Like, you'll get into it. You'll pick up. The rules are very simple. You'll pick it up uh, very quickly. It's very fast-paced. It's, it's anything but boring. It's very, oh. very a fast, fast-paced sport. Um, you know, less scoring than it used to be. A uh, little, little bit less scoring than it used to be. Um, but very, very fast-paced electric, fun, fun, fun sport uh, to watch. And, um, you know, this is a chance right now, Mick, this summer. We're seeing the Bundesliga Soccer League in Germany is getting massive numbers. Okay, I don't want to call the Skins game boring because Cam's like, I wasn't that boring. But, you know, six million people are six million people are watching NASCAR races now, Mick. I'm telling you, it's an opportunity for AFL football to get some American television coverage. Absolutely, and as you know, in round one, they showed all seven games, eight games, they showed them all on ESPN and TSN2 here, so let's hope the AFL are working really closely now with the American market, because a huge opportunity, even though there will be no fans in the crowd, there might be some cardboard cutouts, Pamela might be there, but as you know, mate, they get 100,000 people there at the grand final, and it is the biggest sport in Australia, number one, and a great chance for some amazing publicity in America, Canada, the rest of the world. And Window Will's a new fan after round one, and he watched the 1989 VFL slash AFL grand final. So check that out on YouTube. It was rough and tough, and the game was different back then, but it's still great, mate. Mick Aussie. All right. Uh, you're great, Mick, uh, as well. Stay safe. Uh, thanks a lot for stepping up and enjoying uh, Mick Aussie. Good stuff, Mick. Have thanks a, good a lot, one, guys. Have a great time. See you later. It's great, uh, great technology. Like, uh, we, we, I, we, know, we know a lot of people <laughs> that have a hard time using a phone. Um, yes. you know, sometimes it can be challenging with guests, but hey, Mick's shot was pretty good. Mick uh, steps up and in from the vehicle. Little uh, road rage. Uh, for Mick Aussie uh, right there. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. Uh, we'll wrap things uh, up, uh, tie up a couple of loose ends, including the NASCAR race uh, tonight. We'll give you the updated odds and a couple of picks, see if we can find a couple of head-to-head matchups as well. And on a grand break. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, we got a couple of minutes left here on Game Time Decisions. I am Gabriel Branson. We're throwing it down to Rachel Renner, Cam Stewart. Thanks to Kevin Walsh uh, for joining us from Sports Grid. 
uh, Pete Blackburn for uh, joining us from CBS Sports and uh, Mick Aussie from MickAussie.com for stepping up. And uh, we got a couple of minutes left. We got a NASCAR race once again uh, here. And as I mentioned earlier, guys, so we had a really long race. We had the longest race of the season, actually. It was long. It turned out to be the longest race uh, without any rain delays or anything like that in NASCAR history uh, the other night. Uh, this is going to be a lot shorter, Cam, mercifully. All right, because the <laughs> yeah. way that it was going, actually, I think they would have started the NHL training camps by the time that NASCAR race. I'm not even sure if it's over yet. Uh, but we got another one. 208 laps. I find it interesting, though, due to the fact that they're back here again. They've been there now. They've practiced there. They qualified there. They raced there. They did the, the Xfinity. They did the truck series. Like, Kyle Busch really freaking knows this track uh, right now. But ultimately... You know, we're coming in here. We talked about the success that Truex has had here in the past, and he hasn't struck it yet. We're going to stick to our guns here. We're going to go Martin Truex. Martin Truex plus 550. And I found a, a matchup uh, or a, a prop I like a lot, Cam, uh, here. Plus 250, your boy William Byron, top five, plus 250. Not bad odds. And I legitimately think he can be top five. I'm betting on this. Plus 250, William Byron, top five, giving Matt Kenseth the win the race. I love that uh, pick at Byron. I'm going to take him at 16 to 1, Gabe, and got to ride Bowman. Every time we get off a guy, some guy does well. So plus 750, that's good enough for me to take Bowman. I'm going to take a shot with our boy Byron at 16 to 1. And the matchup, uh, Bowman over Kozlowski, minus. It's 50 cents on the juice, but I'm going to do it. I think uh, he shows up tonight, buddy. So uh, Martin Truex, we're getting him at a plus 550. There's some 600s out there as well. But uh, we're getting plus 550 right now with Martin Truex Jr. to win the race and William Byron to be a top five plus 250. Thanks to all our guests. Thanks, everybody, tuning in. Other than that, you're on your own. May the winners be yours. Later. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.